I don't know what all this trouble is about, but I'm sure it must be your fault. Casting from the deep depths of cyberspace, this is Darn IT Podcast, Cybersecurity Made Simple. And I'm your host, Darn the G, Chief Technical Architect of Darn IT Group. All right, welcome to episode number nine. Um, today's podcast is 10 Tough Questions to Ask a CISO, a Chief Information Security Officer. Now, being in the cyber field, um, a lot of these questions we get asked and and myself gets asked being in cybersecurity for businesses who may not have or may not be able to have the position of a CISO in their business. And seeing as Darn IT Group specializes in small, medium businesses, you will not find a lot of CISO uh, people there that are employed by that particular company and will rely on organizations like ours to make sure that they are protected. So. I speak for some experience when we do have those questions asked of us, but uh, this is pretty much for sort of both sides of the spectrum. This is meant for CISO or, or technical people, and as well as for the CFO, CEOs to ask their CISO, because this is very important and these questions must be asked because typically speaking, that arbitrary question that gets asked um, from a lot of the board members that state, are we secure is such a broad baseless question that is sort of loaded, but not at the same time. So understanding that we have to ask the right questions of our technical team. We have to ask the right questions of our CISO. And especially we have to make sure we answer those questions properly so that there can be some sort of justification for the expenditures or for a particular software or hardware to be deployed at an environment, no matter what size the organization is. So a study from the ISC2 finds that 43% of CISOs report to the CEO and 14% report to the board directly. Now, I believe those dynamics are going to shift even more basically applying more to the board than the CEO uh, because essentially if you look at it in a way where the CISOs need to understand or the the actual organization has to understand that the security of the business is paramount for it to function. And if you look at any examples in the past that has made headlines even the last three years, you will realize the amount of reputational damage that is caused from these breaches. So the board must be apprised of any and all security incidences or to assure that the organization is protected, seeing as everyone does their business with a computer nowadays. So it really makes the CISO uh, position more paramount than most because if there is a security incident or a breach or a leak, that could be completely detrimental, which it turns into dollars and cents for the business. Um, According to Gardner, uh, 100% of CISOs at large enterprises are on pace to report to their boards on cybersecurity and technology risk at least annually. So 
going back to the small medium businesses as well is a lot of the larger enterprises are sort of on top of this now and really the alarm bells that i must ring is the fact that even smaller organizations that are not as large need to have this process in place as well even that be the cio uh, the cto um, the technology manager the it manager whomever the people need to report to the board because this is essentially a business process which could basically like you want to put this into loss of revenue um, becomes very important for any businesses so i'm going to go over about 10 questions to ask the CISO and sort of like my observations and perspective on that. So question one, so what? I dislike <laughs> that question. When we're trying to justify a technology spend or security spend, um, we get asked this question sometimes too. Now, this is an excellent question, mind you, because, um, this is something where the organization can understand why they need these particular um, policies or practices and technologies for their business. Now, let me make this clear. Do not, I repeat, do not spew security jargon or technical jargon to non-security people because they will shut down. And one thing I've learned is that in, in, in the beginning, uh, I used to uh, dump all this technical jargon, all this technology jargon to people, and they would look at me if I had five heads. And that is not the way to approach these things, people. The way to approach this is to speak on layman's terms so that everyone on the board who come not, does not come from a technical background will understand you. And it's also a good idea to bring some dollar and cents value into all of this um, even though it may not, not necessarily be in your department, but for security people, it's a good idea to show the board what dollar and cents value would this bring to the business or what sort of dollar and cents value this would bring to protect. So the, the, the total cost of ownership would be palatable for those people signing the checks. Question two, how will this affect operations? While certain security controls, technologies, and processes um, is essential to risk mitigation, um, basically every security manager knows that they come they come at a price of convenience and productivity. And this is the big battle that I find is when it comes to convenience and productivity. A lot of end users just want to work. They just want to be able to access and do their job and not have to jump through all these hoops that are on fire for the sake of security. So this is something that as a technology and security standpoint is you have to figure out sort of how will this affect the operations of your business and organization? Uh, how can you explain this to even management in those layman's terms? So you basically have to make some sort of convincing case to why um, you have to make certain sacrifices or why you must, um, there must be a convenience inconvenience that, uh, that is required for the sake of security. So even though you may understand that this particular device will do ABC, you have to explain to management why they have to do X, Y, and Z because of whatever reason that you have for that particular device. 
right? There's a plethora of reasons, but you have to understand that there are sacrifices that the end users must, that, that, that they must do in order for security. So you really have to play that teeter-totter. Question number three, are we protected against a breach? Um, well, this, <laughs> this is sort of like a sort of double-edged sword. Um, a lot of CISOs, technology and security people, and we know this because, like I said, we get to ask this question too, is are we protected against a breach? Uh, that basically what they're looking for is for us to say, yes, we'll be protected so they, have that, they can have that peace of mind. But you have to be ready to explain that, um, you know, security is a holistic, ongoing, organization-wide effort. And basically the list of different factors that will help prevent, but again, not guaranteed, a breach from occurring. So the CISOs sort of have like this target where they have to prevent breaches from occurring 100% of the time. And um, this is the wrong way to approach this or to think about this. So if you have anyone in your organization, uh, C-levels, management, or whoever think that as a CISO or a CTO or a CIO that you will have the utmost control over everything that happens in the organization is wrong. Um, like I said, it's more of a holistic, ongoing, organization-wide effort. And it does, should not rely solely on the CISO's shoulders to get this accomplished. The primary goal of security leaders today is to help his or her organization be to be successful through security. So that requires technical expertise, stakeholder management, um, uh, the political dogma, communication skills, um, and you know, for the CISO to do their job well. So all these things need to be put in place in order for the CISO to do his or her job effectively, because. Without those, that assistance, those help from the organization itself, that they will not be able to accomplish the tasks at hand and very well could encounter a breach if everything's not kosher. Uh, next question is, how did this happen? Now, despite the best efforts, the investments, the money in the technologies, um, or even having someone with a security mindset on board, or on your board, sorry, breaches and security incidents happen. It's inevitable. And it's only going to get worse as time goes on. There is no sort of silver bullet to use in order to tackle this. But you have to understand that it's a reality. It's going to happen to you sooner or later. It's going to be a problem for your business. But when, when it does occur, you have to be prepared to answer why it happened and what lessons were learned in the incident. Now, you have to understand that any of these incidences need a bad guy, a bad person to basically put the targets on. And unfortunately, the CISO is the one who typically gets the axe or the one who gets blamed for a incident or issue from occurring because they arbitrarily assume that the CISO is going to protect them from everything. Next question. How do you measure success? Now, the to be able or have the ability to monitor the effectiveness effectiveness of a security program sort of as a whole or whenever or not value data is protected they should also be measured on their ability to enable the business to move faster in a secure manner so that means is for an organization to grow to use that technology 
the services or product that you have to be able to do your job or for the organization to function securely, not to a point where you are bringing it down to a point where it cannot move or it's running at a snail pace. You have to understand that in order to measure success for an organization is being able to put the technologies and controls in place for it to move forward. Next question. How do we create a security culture organization? Now, this is an excellent question. And if you, you should definitely ask this question because it at least allows the technology or the CISO management to basically elaborate on this. Um, and from talking to most CISOs, um, they will agree that uh, a culture of security throughout an organization keeps businesses the most secure. Uh, the culture, the security, the security mindset cultures means different things to different people. And it's kind of hard to slap a label on it, but generally speaking, it's um, a security that's a priority at all times in the business. So according to a survey from the ICACA, finds that nine in 10 enterprises said they have a gap between the security culture that they want to have and the one they have in place. So understand that this is a, uh, this is a dynamic situation. This is a, this is something that will always be evolving. It's a revolving door. So it's not like if you create a culture that it's going to be stagnant and that's it. It's just the, the culture is always evolving. It's always increasing. Um, there's new variables that are added every single day. So that level of culture will continue to increase and expand over the many months and years. Next question. How about this quote unquote headlight breaking breach? Where do we stand now? I'm sure you know that there are a lot of incidences that happen that you, that you were aware of in the news. Now, a lot of this happens to larger organizations or organizations you and I may be familiar with, but you really don't look at the smaller ones that are being breached and or shutting down due to cyber attacks. But as anyone in a technology standpoint, a CISO standpoint, you will be asked this question at some point in time in passing or in a board meeting. So the key to answering this question uh, quickly and basically getting back to business is having data about your organization, um, understanding the data that is the makeup of your organization, because most CISOs and most uh, technology managers do not understand where their data resides. And that's very key to understanding where the risk is for your organization. Um, you know, you have to understand, are you using uh, are you using your information in the cloud? Are you using sort of in some sort of commercial application? or it could be something on-prem. So these are the questions you need, to, you need to ask yourself and understand prior to be asking this question because you, if you don't know where your data resides, then that's problem number one. So understanding where your data is will give you a better idea of where you stand in terms of the, the threats to your organization. Next question. Can I be hacked? Well, yes. <laughs> you can, anyone can be hacked. So, um, just like breaches that can impact bigger businesses, uh, high profile individuals too are being hit by breaches that also make the headlines. And I'm not sure if you are aware, but Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, uh, was a target of hackers or an attack. Now keep this in mind. It's not like Jeff is walking around by himself without a proper security team or security detail or cybersecurity. Like Amazon is a multi-million dollar business and the CEO of said business 
would invest in security um, infrastructure for their CEO. So understand that if this individual can get targeted, can get breached and hacked, you have to understand this can happen to anybody. Anyone who has a device, a mobile device, a computer, it is that easy. If someone like this can be hacked, so can you. So do not say no if you can be hacked. Everyone can be hacked, but it's a matter of making sure you have the right controls and processes in place to help mitigate and minimize, and I'm not saying eliminate. Next question. How can cybersecurity help grow business revenue? Cybersecurity must, I repeat, must be able to demonstrate that it's more than just a cost center. A lot of uh, C-level individuals believe that security is a money pit. They don't look at security as a priority. They look at it as a detriment or looks like, a, or as a leech to the organization because it just sucks out money and gives nothing in return. There's no ROI. And I get that to a point. But the security managers must recognize and communicate that that the role is no longer technical. So the role is not just technically based, but one of business enablement. So that means that you as a CISO, you as a CTO, CIO, whoever, would be able to show and demonstrate that your role and your responsibility is to the business, is to keep productivity going, is to the business not shutting down, is for the employees to keep working. So this is something that will help grow business revenue knowing all the threats that are out there that could literally cripple the business, that the investments in the organization will keep the engine running as you will. So cybersecurity is in essence uh, the oil inside an engine that keeps it running, keep all the parts lubricated so the engine can keep running. Without the oil, with low oil or dirty oil, the engine may still run, but at one point it may seize, it may stop working effectively, or it may be more burning more gas as a result. Last but not least, what's that going to cost us? <laughs> I can tell you more times than I can count on my hands and toes that we were asked this question. What is this going to cost us? Which is a fair question, but you also have to understand that you must be prepared to answer this question if a board member is asking you. CISOs are also required to find ways to cut costs and justify security investments. So you can't just go on a spending spree saying we need all of this because getting multiple security or protection um, software or hardware for your organization actually does add extra elements of risk to your business, but at the same time also adds more cost. So just think about a project or process that you can implement that can reduce the overall risk or attack vectors with a minimal amount of effort or spend. And there's ways to do this, um, depending on your organization. But the point is you don't have to go spend an arm and a leg to get the right security processes and the right technologies. There are ways to spend money uh, in a re reasonable fashion that at least mitigates that risk without a high capital investment. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Darn IT Podcast. I'm your host, Darnley G. If you like our show or want to know more, like or subscribe, or please leave a review. Remember, look both ways before crossing the information superhighway. Safe computing, everyone. Bye.